Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. We didn't have one last week, Memorial Day and and everything. You know, some busy stuff going on, but we are back. Travis Crins, Nathan Stacken, uh, with you here on this podcast. Two weeks before the uh, under two weeks before the big day. Travis, how you feeling? Uh, where are we at here? We're going to hopefully have a podcast next week and can certainly talk more about the wedding then. But uh, under two weeks to go, how, how's what's the what's the mood like? Uh, right now in the household. Uh, just waiting for it to get here. We're 12 days away. So just waiting. Uh, next weekend, last weekend. Really don't have nothing next weekend. So just kind of waiting. Waiting. Then we got our big vacation afterwards. So probably go shopping for food and stuff for that. This weekend, so we're ready to go. And yeah, just kind of kind of waiting. Yep. Uh, well, you know what? Sometimes waiting is the hardest part because um, you just get anxious and want to want to get there. Uh, right now, looks like we have some warmer weather moving into the area. Um, you know, we're not having the comfortable, cool, low to mid seventies, but right now, some cloudy skies, no no real threat of rain. I guess you know, like twenty in the percentages in the twenties. That's pretty minuscule. Um, but looks like you're missing out on the, the cool, comfortable weather by just a few days. It's been very, yeah, for the last week, it's been very nice. It's been cloudy. We've got some rain. It's been cool. Oh, uh, yeah, there was some, a couple of days in the past two weeks where the weather has been perfect. Mm-hmm. And Marcus and I went golfing Saturday. That was, uh. Good weather for that. How did you do? A little bit Sunday. So, yeah, getting ready for that. Uh, there's been, yeah, for about two weeks, two weeks, weather's been good. No, it's not much humidity. I like it cloudy. It's been cool. So I'm thinking we're going to miss that by a week. This can't continue much more than, like, two weeks. And, of course, it didn't. So we missed it by a week. Even this weekend, like 77 on Saturday, I would take that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be over 80. But, you know, hopefully, you know, right now they're talking about cloudy skies. So, you know, that'll help uh, keep the temperature hovering steady. Uh They're not rising a little bit. You know, hopefully there's not so much humidity and whatnot. Uh, How was the golf game? How did you and Marcus do? I'm coming to that I'm not very good at golf. I'm coming to the conclusion that it doesn't matter how well I hit it. I end up with the same score all the time. Oh, so I, I I can hit the ball well. I can hit it shitty. I still you know hit sevens and eights and nines and whatever. I was like it doesn't. I feel like it doesn't really like you know. Thought I hit it pretty well. I was happy with with it. Hadn't golfed in over a year. And when I went out. Yeah, there's some bad shots. There's some okay shots. So I'm like it doesn't really matter how good I do. It'll be you know the score will be the same. So. You, know, so, you go out for a few hours, hit a golf ball, you chase it, hit it again, di- and just uh, enjoy the nice weather. Yeah, that's exactly right. Dare I say, then, your game is like uh, the Minnesota Vikings here, where it doesn't matter how it goes, you're just going to finish with that uh, that same score, in the Vikings' case, then that 8-8, eight and 9-8 eight, and eight, uh, yeah. range. I'm Kirk Cousins. <laughs> it doesn't really matter who I play with, who's around me. If I got Justin Jefferson and Delvin Cook or whoever, we're going to be all 500. Yeah, my, my results always be the same. Oh, 
Very good. Very good. Uh, should we start? Where, where should we start this week? I want to mention the weather, as we always do. The, yes. It was, we, we, we skipped the week last week, busy yep. week. Yep. And it was, I guess, last weekend was worst storms we've had here, I guess. Mm. The, you know, we've had, yes. what, four or five rounds of storms already. Yes. Before June. And had the big one, you know, about a month ago in Sioux Falls, all the pictures and video. Then, like, two weeks later, we got, this was, what, two weekends ago. Mm-hmm. So we got, like, two two inches of rain during the weekend. And our neighbor had a big branch fall in his garage, which is now covered by a tarp. So it was about one in the, it was Memorial Day weekend. Mm-hmm. It was one, one in the morning on that Monday. And it was you know, very loud and storms and rain and wind. And, uh, yeah, that was pretty bad. So that was worse than the big storm a couple weeks ago, at least for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a very active Memorial Day weekend uh, between uh, Sunday and then storms Monday morning monday around the noon hour we got another round so it was yeah bad more bad weather early yeah, on yeah and then, ever, ever since then it's been the weather's been great yes yeah there's been very little rain if any uh well i mean sioux falls got what golf ball or ping pong ball size uh-huh. hail saturday night they had tornado sirens go off a couple of different times um you know and then the, those storms that you mentioned on monday uh we weren't home we were up at the lake in Fergus Falls and Dan Beck's, uh, Amanda Beck's, uh, his wife's neck of the woods. And we didn't really have any storms. The weather cooperated perfectly. I think there was a little rain Saturday night, early Sunday morning, and then again a storm on Monday night, We had, or Monday morning. We got out of there before the massive storm hit, and then we got like three and a half inches of rain. There was a tornado up in Todd County, uh, so I think it was, they ranged it at an EF2. We just got some rain and wind in St. Cloud. Um, not much. They had 77 hundredths on Memorial Day. And the 7.31 inches of rain for the month of May made it the fifth wettest May on record in St. Cloud. But I know that my mom and my stepdad and Marshall, they had two tornado warnings go out. The sirens oh. went off twice Memorial Day. And he even had to go over to South Dakota to help. He's a uh, utility lineman, and he had to help out, like uh, put some poles up and stuff because of the bad weather in South Dakota. So it was. It's it's very odd that we see this sort of weather, you know, over a, like a, a stretch of time in this uh-huh. region, and it feels like we've gotten it twice, all within you know. In one month, and you don't, you may see this once throughout the whole year. I don't know what the rest of the year is going to bring. I doubt we're going to see what we saw in May, but certainly it was one of the more wild months weather-wise that we have seen in quite some time. Yeah, it's not even to the hot and humid part. It's you know, it was in May, a little yep. bit of April and then in May. Yep. So it's like, yeah, very very early, very early. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so hopefully the weather, though, uh, you know, some drier weather is in the area, and it looks like that's where it's going to kind of stay. The warmer temperatures are coming here towards the end of the week. Uh, into next week, we'll hopefully have very nice weather for yours and Melissa's wedding on Saturday, June 18th. We'll talk much more about the wedding next week. Um, uh, where, where else should we go to? Should we go to the NBA Finals? Should we go... 
uh, to the ice, to the diamond. Where where should we go? Yeah, the shootings from a okay. couple weeks ago. Sure, we'll we'll go there. I figured we'd bring that up at some just, point. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously it happened again, and nothing's going to happen. So it's just, uh, you know, worse than usual with it being kids again in southern Texas. And there's a big outrage. And again, nothing happens. Because well, so the, like, the police waited. Because they thought he had yeah, a barricade yeah, in, and, and then they, they won't cooperate. Like, that's... That, that's But that's their job, is to go in there and shoot and kill this guy. And it, what they waited for 45 minutes, it's like... That's your job to go in there and confront a person with a gun. So, yeah. Now, I mean, obviously, we know that you know it's it's the guns, but we don't do nothing you about mean it's, it. So it's not the I, the door, the unlocked doors. Like we only need to no. have one door to get into a school, which is asinine. Yeah, Ted Cruz. That's that's a fire hazard, you dummy. Um, <laughs> yeah, take a school like Roosevelt that has fifteen hundred students. Yeah, we have one door for you to come in and out. Or maybe you just take away his gun. That'd be a lot easier mm-hmm. than, than that. And uh, Canada, I mean, Canada had a shooting a couple of years ago, and then their uh, prime minister, like Canada, just like, banned all those weapons, Justin yeah. Trudeau. Yep. I think that went into effect here recently. That was two years ago. And then it's like, all right, two years, two years, we'll give you a two-year uh, period here where bringing all your guns, like, they're, they're just done. They're like 1,500-some weapons under the list. And they did that. So, I mean, obviously things can be done and your rights aren't affected. So they take these kid killing machines off the streets and, you know, just money, money and greed just uh, overdid it for, for us. Well, so. and this was, it was coming right on the eve of the NRA convention. And uh-huh. uh, I mean, you had some people pull out like Lee Greenwood, you know, they had musicians and. Um, and entertainment acts that decided to pull out, which was a very good idea, you know, out of respect and stuff. You know, that's that's probably a good thing. But then, and I don't know if this is more of the media's heightened sense of what's going on here. I, I feel like it kind of comes in waves, but all of a sudden now you're hearing about all these more mass shootings. Uh, we had one at a hospital in Oklahoma just, you know, a few days later. That you have uh, just over the weekend some shootings in Chattanooga and Philadelphia. I mean, it's, I, I don't know if it's just if more are happening or just because of what's happened in light of uh, in Uvalde there in, in Texas that now we're starting to pay more attention to more of these mass shootings. I mean, it's bad. I mean, you can look at all the, the, the gun violence in Chicago, and that's certainly bad as well. Uh, and that never really seems to go away you know, these these shootings and whatnot. But the mass shootings are growing in in number, you know, and and they're getting worse. You know, we had we thought it was bad in Buffalo. What what happened there and the you know the the hate that uh you know fueled this gunman's uh decision to go to a, a supermarket in Buffalo on a Saturday afternoon and and shoot, uh, you know, it was racially motivated with 11 of the 13 people shot being uh, African-American. Uh, then you have this, you know, 19 kids dead, two teachers in Uvalde. And, you know, this kid, this 18-year-old kid who appeared to be somewhat troubled but was able to get two AR-15s. And then you look at all these shooting incidents, you know, the Orlando nightclub, you had Parkland, you had the movie theater in Colorado, you have Vegas. And all of these are being used with like AR-15s. And it just seems very simple to request a ban on that. Like, no one really needs it. 
and yet you have all this fighting and all this uh, then stupidity about the doors and what. And I'm not saying that, like, you know, that you figure out a way to lock a door or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that would be very good. But I also don't think armed teachers or armed uh, security officers are the way to go. Because what if they snap and then they're right in there to be able to to gun down a bunch of kids like that? I could see that very plausibly happening, you know. So it's just there are ways to do it. There are simple fixes. And uh, what Steve Kerr, Golden State Warriors head coach, had a very impassioned speech the the day of that this uh, shooting took place. And he said, you know what, 50 senators are holding us hostage in, uh, in D.C. And it, it was very powerful. It was very overwhelmingly well-received. And it I don't, I keep hoping that this next time is the time that something changes, that we get about real change uh, and a, a real law or something gets passed. And I don't know if that's the case. It's It feels slightly different this time. But at the end of the day, until those um, assholes that may be, like the Ted Cruz's, the Mitch McConnell's, the, 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 the MGT's of the world, until they pull their heads out of their asses and realize that we need a common sense uh, solution here, not one door for 3,000 students, um, until that happens, we're going to keep seeing this. And while it's sad, it just is like, okay, when is the next one going to happen? Yeah, this one, that one's going to happen again. And another 20 kids will get shot sometime. And we'll go through it again. But yeah, people are upset, but nothing's going to happen. So. I mean, you hear then like comments by Dak Prescott saying, this makes me question if I want to have kids. Like, well, okay. You know, that's, you know, that's incredibly fair because if, you know, if you're, uh, if you can't feel safe about sending your kids to school or to the doctor's yeah. office or anything like that, these commonplace areas, um, I, yeah, why would you want to go through this pain and heartache? I, yeah. we, you know what, school should be a safe spot. We don't need, it, it just, it, it's ridiculous and so sad that it happened. And yet, until something is done, more of this same sort of thing is going to keep happening and so what we're saddened but we shouldn't be shocked and these thoughts and prayers this thoughts and prayers bullshit is just is just ridiculous just like shove it up your ass you know senators and republican uh you know representatives and stuff just stop stop if you really want to do something about it say it with your actions not your words because they're hollow and then, right uh, there's elections in november and republicans are probably going to take over the congress and, you know, it just baffles me that people, that anybody votes for them. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know. it, it, It's sad. It's just a sad situation here. And I'm not saying, you know, a complete ban on, you know, taking all guns. But, you know, I would think like an AR-15 or maybe a, an AK-47. Do you really need those guns? I don't think so. No. Yeah, uh, people are just uneducated. Like, it has nothing to do with your rights. Yeah. These are killing machines used for one thing. It's to kill people. Yeah. So this continues in the only place where it does. And it's, you know. Yep. Yep. Can't be, can't be the, uh, you know, the, the best nation in the world if you can't get something uh, like this 
solved and just continue to look the other way and, and tend a blind eye to it. I mentioned Steve Kerr uh, and his thoughts on it. His Golden State Warriors are in the NBA Finals. Uh, not really. There's no easy way to transition from uh, what happened in Uvalde to, to sports, but we'll try and do the, the best I can. And that's with Steve Kerr and his Warriors tied 1-1 right now with the Boston Celtics. Uh, I don't know, like 17-0 run by the Celtics in the fourth quarter to win game one. I feel like the Warriors are the better team in this series. I feel like they should win it. I just, I mean, it's amazing what Boston is able to do considering they were bad to start the year. They were under 500. Uh, they've really came on strong in the second half of the season. Their their run is, I don't know, improbable, if, that, if that's the right word, but it's very impressive. I just feel like Golden State is the better team, but Golden State, for some reason, isn't playing to their fullest capabilities. I mean, you look at the box score from Game 2, and Steph Curry at 29, and the next, like, no other um, no other starter really did that much. I mean, yes, they were in double figures, but you know, 11 points or 12 points. I mean, the next best guy, the next highest scorer was Jordan Poole coming off the bench with 17 just feel like the Warriors aren't clicking entirely, and once they do, Boston's in real trouble. I still think Golden State wins this series, but I need to see them play a little bit better uh, to really feel good about that prediction. Feels like this is going seven games. Yeah, it does. Or, over over a month. Yeah, like, there'll be blowouts. They'll both win on uh, Boston's already won on the road. Golden State will win on the road, so... Yeah, I, I just yeah, I just still can't care about this. I don't know what it is. Like these, either. I mean, these are the two best teams. So, yeah, like I don't know what it is that there's just nothing there. Yeah, but they're playing. It's like who cares? Mike Breen isn't calling the games, or at least he didn't call games one and two. Mark Jones did. Uh, some people are up in arms about Mark Jones, whatever. Uh, but Mike <sighs> Breen has COVID and whatnot. Uh, so we'll see when he's able to get back on the mic for these NBA finals. But I agree with you. I mean, it's just... I, I just but can't yeah, it's like, it. ooh, like, okay, if Boston wins, I'm fine. If Golden State wins, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, Where's yeah, the excitement? No... Where's the excitement? There is no none as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Yeah. So that's that. Uh, other news in the NBA. Uh, was it... Uh, Quinn Snyder, uh, head coach of the Utah Jazz, he is uh, no longer coaching. He resigned, and um, it seemed like they were ready for a uh, an extension with him, but he declined, saying he thinks that they need to go in a different direction. Apparently, Donovan Mitchell, the star player for the Utah Jazz, a little unnerved uh, by this. That's a direct quote. Uh, so he doesn't know really what his future is with uh, with Snyder leaving. It's a bit of a surprise. I just I think this Utah Jazz franchise is a little bit in flux, and they're in a heap of trouble if Donovan Mitchell goes. Yeah, it kind of seems like they were done with each other, and now they need a new coach. Just kind of like they're they're a good team. They win a playoff series and they lose. I'm just kind of stuck in that good team thing where they just can't get to a conference final. I wonder so. I wonder if Snyder will go back to the college ranks because he was, I believe, at Missouri yeah. uh, before he took the job with Utah. 
Yeah, go there. Uh, it's late in the game to get an NBA job at this point, so I don't know what he wants to do. It's kind of late in the game to get any job. Tony wants to take a year off, or what's what his plans are. Uh, college basketball, uh, may as well get this in. Drew Timmy apparently has another year of eligibility because he's oh. back with Gonzaga, and Max Apesmith is back with Oral Roberts. So both of those guys withdrew from the NBA draft and are back in college. Um, I With Apesmith back, and I think Oral Roberts landed a seven-foot transfer, uh, from Arkansas or something like that. This kind of makes me feel that Oral Roberts might be the favorite in the Summit League. And just if if Baylor Shireman was still with the Jackrabbits, I think SDSU would be the prohibitive favorites. I know they got Mims. I mean that that's very good, uh, and they have a lot of great players, Zeke Mayo and whatnot. I, but it's it's really SDSU and Oral Roberts. It's going to be a battle one two with with those two this year, but. With Aveness coming back, Oral Roberts is now a legit threat, I think, to, to win the Summit League again. Testius used to win for, for here until eternity. Okay. Some years they will, some years they won't. I just. They got it. Timmy. And then, uh, yeah, with Baylor. Yeah. We're going to play Gonzaga. Yes. Yes, at the Pentagon. Two falls uh, December 2nd. So that's a pretty significant game. Mm-hmm. How they got that, I have no idea. That seems to be one of the the bigger non-conference games we've got. Yep. And the, the oh. Pentagon continues to lure these pretty good matchups and these very good teams. I mean, they landed South Carolina, the women's team, uh, uh-huh. last year when they they played USD and, and whatnot. This is, uh, the Pentagon continues to do good work getting these, uh, these really good matchups, really good teams mm-hmm. coming. Yeah, so usually there's a regional team in here, but this is not the case. So this should have, it should be a, I guess Gonzaga Iowa two years ago was a, was a big game, probably the biggest they've had. Mm-hmm. It was like one to one versus two, one versus three at the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this you know rematch of the championship game from last year, and they should you would think both be in the top ten when that happens. So yep, yeah, so very good matchup there. Um, any other basketball news we should get to? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, do we want to go NHL or the Diamond next? Hockey. Hockey. All right. Hockey. We're very close to a Stanley Cup final matchup. Uh, the Avalanche currently up 3-0 in their series with Edmonton by the time this podcast is listened to. Uh, perhaps we know that Colorado will be advancing to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, 8-6, game one. Uh, fantastic. Just all the goals that were scored. Very. Po- uh, I don't know. Like It wasn't great goaltending, but just high-powered offenses. Uh, Colorado's defense has really stepped up here in recent, uh, in the last couple of games. Shut down Connor McDavid and company. This Avalanche team, though, looks so, so good. Uh, they were my pick to win the Cup at the beginning of this year, and they will continue to do so, even if they, regardless of who they play, the Rangers or the Lightning, this Avs team is super good. And a lot of time, the favorite doesn't make it, so it's good to see them do good and to dominate. Mm-hmm. So. And the, the Lightning, they their quest for a third straight Stanley Cup continues. They actually lost for the first. So they lost game one in the Eastern Conference Final against the New York Rangers. And then they had won 18 straight games following a loss. That streak was snapped uh, in game two when the Rangers won. And then the Rangers had a 2-0 lead in game three. And you just, it almost felt as though the, the Lightning dynasty was going to end right before our eyes. The Lightning rallied, win 3-2 uh, 
score a goal in the final minute, so they trail in that series two to one. Uh, I, I, I don't really know. I think the the Rangers are playing better in this series, but you can't doubt the Lightning at this point and what they're doing. They, now that they got that first win, I feel like it's inevitable that they somehow eventually win this series. And if we get Lightning Avalanche, that's going to be a hell of a matchup in the Stanley Cup final. Our Rangers haven't lost at home yet in the playoffs. Oh, they lost the first game, game one to Pittsburgh. All right, so they won, won seven, eight in a row yes. since then. Yep. So they they, they got to beat them on the road. They got to beat them mm-hmm. in New York. One of these. So it seems like yeah, another is going to go at least six, likely, and then uh, you know maybe like Colorado's probably going to sweep or win five, and then another series is going to go a little bit longer. So yeah, Colorado, you know, Rangers, that'd be good for for the ratings with New York being in there. Yep. So. Yeah, it should uh, should be all right. I now this is just me, I guess. Um, you know, I you know, the nostalgic or the nostalgia of hockey returning to ESPN after so many years off. And we we just had NBC. What well, and NBC did a very good job with their hockey coverage. But I've really enjoyed ESPN and TNT's coverage of the playoffs. ESPN certainly is giving them more. More time. There, there's more importance, you know, in Sports Center, and of course, they're covering the games and whatnot. I know that uh, throughout the regular season, Twitter has not often liked what ESPN has done, but I think they've done outstanding work, especially in the postseason. TNT's been great, and I think overall, the playoffs, the the viewing has been so much better than in years past, where you know, okay, it's going to be on ESPN or ESPN two uh, or TNT and TBS. It's just the schedule's been a lot better, cleaner. I would say it's just been overall a better viewing experience in this postseason so far. And this, again, it seems like TNT does better than ESPN. I would say so, yep. But, uh, I mean, it's not that much. As bad as basketball. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, like, TNT has Kenny Albert, who's been calling hockey games for a number of years now with, you know, with NBC and uh, – and I think he's like the the radio voice for the New York Rangers. Uh, uh-huh. You had Brandon Burke, who had called a lot of hockey before. Whereas with ESPN, you have Bob Wischusen, who hadn't called hockey in 15 years. You have Sean McDonough, who hadn't called hockey in a really long time. So these guys are kind of getting their their feet wet again, so to speak. And I think as the season's gotten better, or as the season's gone on, they've gotten better. And I think they're going to be really good next year, but I would say the far more, I don't know, veteran crews uh, that have called hockey recently are with TNT. Yeah, it's, you know, with basketball, and you just look at the, what TNT does, okay, they got a good basketball thing, and the hockey at least uh, seems to be picking up some steam, mm-hmm. and we compare it to ESPN, it's like, it's just so blah, yep. what ESPN has, and then TNT at least got some personality, so they know what they're doing over there, and ESPN just doesn't seem to yeah no matter what they do it's like it's just garbage stuff I guess and tnt yeah all right they did basketball and they got hockey it's like oh this is something i would watch even if i don't care about it mm-hmm. I th- and for me it's more the nostalgia for espn i guess i'm not as as critical perhaps as i should be with them but you know i would say tnt's yes has been cleaner it's been better and again i would equate that more so to who they have calling the games when versus you know you have guys as i said Sean McDonough and Bob Wasusen who hadn't called hockey in 
in over a decade. Yeah. So they've been doing it. They took all the NBC guys away. So, yeah, this ESPN just doesn't do good at this stuff, and I don't know why. I do like Brian Boucher. Like, he's good. I like Kevin Weeks. Um, but, you know, they, they try, like, ESPN was like, okay, we have to get these really big names here. So they get they bring in Mark Messier. They bring in Chris Chelios. Uh, and TNT has done it with Wayne Gretzky. But Gretzky's not on as, you know, he hasn't been on for every show during the postseason. Um, Paul Bizzanetti, I mean, he's he's the character. He's the clown. He's he's far bigger of a, like an asshole and, and more of an annoyance than, say, like Charles Barkley is on TNT. I would kind of equate the two of them, but Barkley is so much better and he's superior to um, Biz uh, in terms of his knowledge. It just It is just TV personality, I would say. Um, but... I mean, overall, yeah, it, you, you, it's more so that TNT's gotten guys who know hockey far more and have been on TV for a while, and ESPN hasn't done it. And that's why I'm gonna, why I want to see what ESPN will do next year, how they, how it goes for them. You know, guys more comfortable after a year of doing this. So like get people that are good at their jobs, not just the biggest names or stars. Mm-hmm. Like quit giving the quarterbacks the big money. Just get somebody that's good at the job. Yep. Quit giving retired white quarterbacks hundreds of millions of dollars to talk about shit that literally any of these football players could. Did you see the uh, – someone showed something, I think, on Twitter about the, the number one broadcasting teams for each network for the NFL. And out of all of them, there's only one person who is non-white, and that's Mike Tirico with NBC. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise you have – uh, Kevin Burkhart, who's serving as the lead play-by-play guy for Fox. Now he's doing it with Greg Olson, former Carolina Panthers tight end. Uh, CBS, of course, is Jim Nance and Tony Romo. You have Monday Night Football with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Then you have NBC, Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth. But you just look at it, it's like, wow. you know, the, We talk about diversity and, and head coaching or general managers and stuff, and that should probably at some point extend to the booth. Yeah, I think that is predominantly black with the players. Don't have any coaches that are black. Don't have any general managers that are black. Don't have any broadcasters who are black. But the players, they're they're black. So, yeah, there's something something going on there. And at the end of the day, we don't want to make everything about race, but it's just, it, just a little odd. I mean, I like, you know... You know, Gus Johnson, very good at what he does. I guess he's the lead play-by-play guy for, for Fox for college football. So can't look at it entirely at, from that perspective, I guess. It's just, it was an interesting note to, to kind of look at and just see, like, oh, that is kind of weird. But. Well, yeah, what, what would you do? Um, I guess 57% of NFL players are black. So, okay, it's over half. Mm-hmm. And when you look at coaches, what are they? Mike Tomlin. Yep. That's about it. Uh, Lovey Smith with Houston. That's it for two black coaches for the most part. Yeah. Uh, and broadcasters, yeah, the top. The top two teams. That's only I can't think of anybody else. In the top two, they're all white guys. So, yeah, I mean it's. And don't get me wrong, like you know, like CBS has very good guys with Ian Eagle and Kevin Harlan. Like they're fantastic at what they do. Um, Let's look at the, the studios, though. You've got oh, uh, Kurt Menefee, uh 
leads it in Fox. Uh, Jim James Brown in at CBS. Yeah, Michael Strahan. Yeah. He's been, I believe, the only black person on that of the former players. Uh, yes, you had Terry Bradshaw, Howie Long, Jimmy Johnson. Tony Gonzalez was with him for a while, but yeah, I mean, he, he's 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 uh, of Mexican descent. Um, Nate Burleson, and he's very good. And mm-hmm. Matt is. They used to I have Bart. They used to have Bart Scott, but I don't think he lo- no longer does it. So they have they have Bill Cower and uh, Phil Sims, and as you said, Nate Burleson, and then who? Yeah, Marino, Boomer, Sison, those guys. Yeah. Um, like Boomer, yeah, Boomer, Sison. Um, they've been going on for twenty years, and we like named all five of them. Yeah, and NBC, I guess it would have been the most diverse with Rodney Harrison and Tony Dungy. And Drew Brees now is leaving after one year, uh, reportedly or supposedly, so I don't know who they're going to get for that. But I guess Maria Taylor is stepping in as the, the lead host. I'd probably get to replace Drew Brees. I'd probably get a cardboard cutout of Drew Brees to replace him, <laughs> and it would be about the same. Yeah, you'd get the same analysis. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. He, like, again, like, oh, Drew Brees. And, like, yeah, he didn't – he doesn't bring anything to it. No, he like, yeah, like, okay, he's just a guy good football player he doesn't bring anything to a broadcast so. no he does not uh and i mean he called what uh, thanksgiving day game or thanksgiving night game for nbc but that you know it was in new orleans his number was getting retired or something like that so I think he did notre dame games too. he did the notre dame games yep uh, I was like, yeah just invisible just an invisible guy who doesn't matter yeah yep so yeah, that's that. Uh, so, yeah, the NHL playoffs going on here. Let's head to the diamond. Uh, I do want to head to the clay surface of Roland Garros here. Um, but we'll, we'll get to the diamond first. Uh, there is a remarkable streak going on here. I need to mention it first uh, with Mike Trout, arguably the best player in baseball. His Angels have lost 11 in a row. And Mike Trout is mired in the worst slump of his major league career. What is he at now? Is he over 23 or something like that? No, uh, no. It's it's bad. He is he is really on the skids. The Angels are on the skids. And Otani's not playing great. It's like, okay, you know, maybe things were turning around for this Angel squad. And now it's just it's not there and it's it's really really bad right now uh, for the Halos. They've lost 11 in a row, they're one game under 500, and they are a half game out of the playoffs. We do not need a sixth playoff team. <laughs> Boston's turned it on, they won, they're like 17 and 8, I think. And Boston's come back from the dead, they're at 500 now, and they are that last wild card spot. So, it's um, probably going to be above 500, that number 6 seed, but you're going to have a lot of teams under 500 for a long time be within striking distance. I mean, the Seattle Mariners are 24 and 30. They're three games back. Yeah. And we are 55 games. In. So we're a third of the way into the season. And you look at the, the National League, it's a little bit better. Yep. So, I got that sixth playoff team. It's just a pain in the ass. Yeah, Trout 0 for 3 on Sunday. 0 for his last, hitless in his last 26 at-bats. Longest drought of his career. That is, uh, yeah, it's just it's it's amazing uh, that you have that um, 
great of a player going through the the slump that he is right now and you know facing some good pitching coming up here with the uh oh i think no the mets are this week who, who do the angels have this week coming up here now it's uh oh the, the red Sox come to town so i don't know if but the Red Sox don't have great pitching, so one would imagine maybe Mike Trout can get a couple of hits there. But uh, certainly the Angels and their issues uh, over the last couple of weeks, I would say, are one of the more interesting storylines of Major League Baseball since we last spoke. The Angels? The Angels, just with the, with yeah. the way that they, you know, them losing 11 in a row, one of the more notable stories uh, since we last spoke. Yes, they've not, not won many games. Well, the 11 in a row, they lost. They were up 6 2 in the eighth inning against the Phillies on Sunday. And uh, Bryce Harper had a grand slam, and they lost in the 11th. Yep. So they're still going to be in the mix. Yeah, but only only five teams over 500 in the American League. Only five. Not good. Not good. Uh, the Yankees are rolling. The Twins, the injury bug has really affected them. But just when you think that the Minnesota Twins may be falling back to earth a bit, losing four or five at Detroit, that's not good. It, I mean, there's no defense for that despite all the injuries. You know, Carlos Correa going on, you know, the, the COVID list. And you have, you know, injuries to pitchers. And just, it, it was bad. And then you go in. And you find out that Max Kepler can't play in Toronto and, like, three other pitchers can't play in Toronto. And just with everything going on, oh, boy, the Twins are just going to get shellacked by the Blue Jays up in Canada. And yet, and then they take two or three in that series. I don't get it. This is baseball, but it, I, I don't get it. I just don't understand. Can you help explain what the hell happened with Minnesota last week? Uh, Pirates beat the Pirates have beaten the Dodgers five out of six times this year. They swept them in LA this this last week. Yeah. Incredible, first time since two thousand. So yeah, it's baseball. Um, man, you win a series in Toronto. That's good. You got the Yankees. That's gonna be bad. Uh, then you got Tampa Bay this weekend. Then once you get past this week, it is easy going for the rest of the first half. They play one team over five hundred, and that's two games versus Milwaukee. So the Twins will have 32 of 34 games after this week uh, against teams under 500. So they should, you would think, uh, do well, but they didn't do very well against Kansas City or Detroit. That was unacceptable. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they lose two or three. I mean, if you, they're not going to beat the Yankees at all, so that's three losses there. And Tampa Bay win that series two out of three, so that'd be good. Um, Bailey Overs on the injured list again. He was supposed to start tomorrow. So who the fuck knows who they're going to start Tuesday. Then they've got the two worst pitchers, Chris Archer and Dylan Bundy, are going to start Wednesday and Thursday. Oh, so, boy. Yeah, this, this is not good. Joe Ryan's been out a long time with COVID. Maybe he'll be back next week at this point. Yeah, injuries, a lot of injuries. Then you got, you know, Max Kepler not playing because of uh, not vaccinated. Emilio Pagan, I hate him. He sucks up. Plus, he wasn't there. <laughs> uh, Taylor McGill, Tyler McGill, wherever the fuck he is, doesn't matter. And Theo Bar really doesn't matter. So, like, they lost all these bullpen guys, but none of them matter because none of them are good. So, yeah, bullpen was excellent in that Blue Jays series. I'd be fine if they would fire Rocco Baldelli. I don't like him anymore. He doesn't know how to manage a fucking bullpen. Yohan <laughs> um, Duran comes in the in the eighth inning and he gets hit in the leg on Sunday after the first hitter. 
And the plan probably was to pitch in the eighth and the ninth. They've done that a couple times. And that's the right thing to do. Yep. But they leave him in and he pitches the eighth inning, he gets through that. And they're playing, they're thinking, yeah, they're probably not going to bring him out after getting hit in the shin or wherever he got hit. So pitch the eighth, an eight to three lead. Can we can we hold a five run lead in the ninth inning, please? So they bring in Tyler Duffy, and he gets the first guy out. Then he gives up a hit. Then he gives up another hit. Then he gives up a three run home run. Mm-hmm. And then it's eight to six. At that point, he's faced four guys. He's faced four guys. Three of them have gotten hits. One of them hit a fucking home run here to a fucking Jupiter. <laughs> and you think, all right. Eight to six, we're up two, there's two outs, there are two outs to go. Can we bring another pitcher, please? No, they leave him in. They leave him in. They give up another hit, and they, they leave him in. And he finally gets the second out. And then they take him out. They finally get an out from him, and then they take him out. He goes 30 pitches, he gets two outs, gives up three runs, four hits. And they bring in some other guy, and he gets the save. So like, take a guy out. If he gives up three hits in a row, take him out. You should not have a reliever throw more than 25 pitches. If you can't get three outs in 25 pitches, things probably aren't going well. So take him out. Pagan finally cost him here like a week ago. He finally gave up a, I think a 2-1 against Detroit. He gave up two runs in the eighth. That only bit him. So like, be more aware. Have a quicker hook with your bullpen. Devin Smelter's pitched well. He pitched okay against Detroit. He went four innings, gave up two runs. Mm-hmm. Got hit hard in the fourth inning. He was at 62 pitches, and they pulled him after four innings because he gave up a home run and a couple other hard hits in the fourth. They're like, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe he's at the end of the line. So they're, they're more than willing to you know, pull him. Then Dylan Bundy goes out and gets hit shelled on Saturday. Gives up fucking six, seven runs and two innings. So... Like, Dylan Bundy shouldn't be around much longer. Like, he shouldn't be around now. Mm-hmm. I think they just need him because of death and injuries. But, like, yeah, he, like, for a team, a, a division-winning playoff team that wants to do something, you cannot be throwing Dylan Bundy out there every fifth day. So once this team is healthy, hopefully they move on from him because good teams don't have him starting. Right. So, yeah, I don't like Rocco Baldelli and his bullpen usage. Buxton was in a huge slump. He's kind of broken out of that. He was like over 30-something. So, yeah, Luis Arise hitting great. He hitting like 340 on base percentage of 550. So, Arise has been great. He'll probably win a batting title. So, Correa's been out forever with COVID. So, a lot of injuries, a lot of COVID shit. And... Yeah, you, you got an easy schedule here once you get past this week. Yeah, it, and I, again, I, I get that it's baseball. And, I, and I'm trying to be more sympathetic to them just because of all the injuries. But that's, I guess, what makes the, the series in Toronto all that more frustrating, that they can win two of three there give it with, despite all the injuries and despite not having Max Kepler and, and some of these guys. And yet they can't beat the worst offensive team in baseball in the in the Detroit Tigers, they can't buy a hit. They were shut out two straight games. It's just... I, I, I just don't get it. Just when you think, like, oh, maybe the wheels are falling off, then the Twins kind of lure you, you know, reel you back in a little bit with that performance against Toronto. If they win one of three against the Yankees, it would be stunning. I, you know, that's, that's very hopeful, I think, on any Twins fan's part. 
But then, yeah, I mean, you mentioned 32 or 34 against teams currently under 500. But that you would you would have think that they would be able to do better than a split at home against Kansas City and then losing four or five against Detroit. So I I want to see this team get healthy. I think once they get healthy, they can really take advantage of this stretch of games. But if they can't, I think you're going to kind of and maybe we are already seeing it where the Twins are kind of falling back to earth a little bit. Um, I don't know. My confidence in them right now is just not very high given all of the injuries and you're just kind of waiting for the inevitable bottom to fall out. And their offense is just too inconsistent. Yes. Need more consistency there. I am none concerned about this team winning this division because this division sucks. I'm fierce. Cleveland's in second place at four and a half games. Chicago, I'm waiting for them to do something here. They have injuries. And Chicago was supposed to win this thing. I'm not none concerned about Chicago. So I don't, you know, expectations at the beginning of the year were that this was not a playoff team. Now that we're 55 games into it, this team should win this division fairly easily. I mean, through these, they're four and six in the last ten, and through that, Chicago has gained zero games in that time. Cleveland has gained two. So, like, these teams are under 500 teams. They're not, they're not doing anything, you know. Like, we know the division winners, you know, Brewers are headed to the Cardinals by a half game. Padres are down by two over the Dodgers. You know, we know the three division winners, the six division winners for the most part. Like, they're, you know, we have under 20 games to go, but you feel good about who's leading right now and I think should lead the rest of the way. Joe Girardi gets fired as uh, manager of the Philadelphia Phillies last week, and then of course the Phillies go on to win four, straight, you know, won four straight games now since that, and three straight since Girardi got fired. Uh, do you think it was right that Girardi was fired? Yeah, they were what twenty one and twenty nine, eight games under. You got to do better than that. So, yeah, fire a guy, a little bit of life in the team, so. Yeah, which one of these teams that are under 500, which, which one's going to make a run here? You know, is it going to be the Phillies? Uh, you know, who, who's going to make a run? Is it going to be the White Sox? Uh, Boston made their run. They're now just the 500. So, Could I say Seattle? Like, can Seattle do it? I don't know why they've been. I don't, I don't, I don't like Seattle. Yeah, okay. Texas is three games uh, under. Uh, Reds have been pretty good since a bad start. They were, they were like 15 and 10. Couple days ago. Yep, well, I don't think we need to worry about them in the in the, the terrible season ahead. You know, they, they were three and twenty three or at one point. Yeah. They'll, they'll they're fine since you know they're no no uh, worst team in baseball history coming here. No, so I mean the Royals are bad. Uh, you know, Baltimore's not terrible. They're twenty three and thirty three. You know, Baltimore. I like what I'm seeing from them. What do you think their record would be if they were playing in any other division other than the AL East? Maybe give them, you know, five, ten more, ten more wins throughout the year. They're playing in the Central, maybe. Maybe give them ten more wins, playing Detroit and Kansas City instead of Tampa and the Yankees. So, yeah, it's always a tough division, but they're calling some guys up and maybe getting some guys back from the injured list. So, yeah, Baltimore uh, trending in the right direction. There may be maybe a couple years from now. It's like, hey, look out for Baltimore. Is Tampa a little worse than what we thought they would be this year? I mean, I know they're eight games uh, above 500 right now, but it just feels like there's something 
a little off about that. They're not as quite as dominant as we've seen in years past. Yeah, they're on pace for 92 wins, which will be plenty after a wild card. So, And then, I mean, the Yankees are running away with it. But best record for any team in 21 years Can, at this point in the season. They're 39-15. and 15. Do we have any real explanation for why that is? Uh, they're pitching very good. Garrett Cole is, of course, fantastic. I mean, they're good at everything when you're when you're that good. Um, you know, hitting hitting's been good. Aaron Judge has been healthy. Stanton coming off the injured list. So a lot of their guys have been healthy and producing. And uh, Aaron Judge is going to be a free agent, so he'll get three hundred million dollars. But yeah, their pitching's been good. Rollins uh, Chapman, he's injured. Was not good before he was injured. So. Uh, yeah, no, nobody's given up fewer runs than them by a wide margin. So they would seem to be the favorite right now, but I would not pick them to win the World Series. Who who would you pick right now at, at the at the third way mark? Well, Toronto and Milwaukee was what I liked. I like Houston. I think Houston would beat the Yankees. Are the- so I would pick. You know, uh, the Mets are rolling right now without Scherzer or Degrom. Um, I'll stay with the. Uh, I guess I'll stay with the Brewers. You know, and Toronto should be in the playoffs. So, are we? Uh, are we? Con- I, do like, uh, I like Houston. Okay. Are we considering the Padres a serious threat this year, uh, or do we see an inevitable uh, failing happening happening with them like they did last year when they I fell off the face the playoff, of the earth? So I mean. But it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens with you know, these top two seeds have a week off or five days off essentially. Uh, these other teams play a quick three game series. Mm-hmm. Let's see if that rest helps or hurts these other teams. So, you know. I would say the Padres are a serious threat to win anything, but they should be in the playoffs. And I mean, you look at the I mean, Cardinals are doing well, but you know the, the Mets and the Dodgers seem to be seem to be uh, the top two right now. So Mets, Dodgers, Astros, Yankees, some of the uh, some of the same teams outside of the Mets that we have seen for a while. All right. Very good. What? Uh, anything else from the baseball? I mean, do we need to get to hitter and pitcher of the week here? Yeah, what uh, is the, runs have been down, and they blame the baseball. I keep fucking with the baseball. Mm-hmm. The runs, run, things have picked up offensively the last couple of weeks, but before that, things are really, really down offensively. So they keep fucking around with the baseball. I don't know why they do that. So, um, and a few near no hitters. Seems like every couple of days you got somebody taking a no hitter into the seventh. So. Some good pitching performances here. Okay. Well, my picture, have I done Eric Lauer of Milwaukee? Uh, for the pitcher, no, you have not. Eric Lauer's been around for a while, but he's having a good year for the Brewers. He's 27 years old. This will be his fifth season, but this is by far his best. Has an area of 2.38, so. Another good pitcher for Milwaukee, who's been around for five years, but has not pitched nearly this well ever. So, we'll pick him. And the Cubs have a guy, Christopher Morell. 
he just kind of showed up. He's 22 years old uh, from the Dominican Republic, and he's played 20 games and hitting 291. He's been a spark plug for the Cubs, so in the 380 on base percentage. So who who is that again now for the Cubs? Christopher Morel, M O R E L. Okay, that is our second Cub of the year. We had uh, uh, say Suzuki earlier. Oh yeah. So, yes. Very good. So those are your hitters and pitchers of the week. Anything else baseball wise we need to get to? Oh, I don't think so. There's a few things that have happened, but um, yeah, should be about it. All right. Uh, French Open. Uh, I. I will toot my own horn when I when I make a good prediction here, and I don't know how bold this was, but I went with Rafael Nadal and Iga Swiatek to win uh, the respective singles titles, uh, and Nadal won. He has now won 14 French Opens and 22 Grand Slam events overall. Uh, he is the king of clay. He's the undisputed king of clay. The real championship match in this tournament was his five-match set with Novak Djokovic because uh, he won straight sets against some guy named Casper Rudd. Never heard of him before. Um, but this was a fantastic match in the quarters against Novak Djokovic. Nadal won. And again, undisputed king of clay. He is so good. You, you look at the three guys and you know, uh, Nadal has the most majors now, right, at 22? Yes. Grand Slam. Yep. And he's 36, but you know, 14 of them, 14 of the 22 have come with the French Open. So even though he has the most, does that discount him as, all right, he, he's very good uh, at the French Open, and he, you know, he's won eight other Grand Slams, which yep. is r- tremendous. I think, you know, it's like I think two, thirds, two thirds of them have come on this one court. I mean, I think I don't know if I could quite put him as the best player of all time. I would think certainly he is the, as I said, the king of clay. He's the best player on clay we've ever seen. I don't think there's any dispute uh, about that. Um, best of all time, though, you, you have to factor in where those other major, those Grand Slams took place. I mean, he has the career Grand Slam, which is. Good, I, I believe. Yeah, I think he's won everywhere. Um, you know, down under at Wimbledon and then at uh, the U.S. Open. But I mean, he, cer- he certainly got his preferred surface to play on, and that would be clay. Uh, I don't know if I can quite call him the best. I think, but at the same time, can you call anyone else the best when they haven't had the dominance on? Like, if they're more r- rounded, but they don't have the 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 stature of that Nadal does on clay, does that count for anything? I would say Federer is the best ever. Okay, I mean, I'm I'm fine with that. I think Jovac, uh, Novak Djokovic can get there. He's, uh, Federer's won six at the Australian Open, which is the shittiest of the four. So he's won six there. He's won eight at Wimbledon, which is great. He's also won five at the U.S. Open. Okay. But he hasn't won a U.S. Open since all eight, which is kind of surprising to me. Yep. So he is very good on the grass, and then he's got the one French Open. Thank God he's got the one. He's got uh, when did he win it? Does he? Did he have one? Or has he not won one? Maybe he doesn't have a French Open. 
Oh, that's amazing. He doesn't, I don't think he's won a French Open. But that's kind of not surprising given... Uh, he's won one. He's got his one. So he does have the, the, the career grand okay. He's got the one in 2009 against not Nadal. So yeah, when, when, when one guy wins 14 of them, you only get one. So Then you've got Djokovic, who has won nine at the Australian Open. He's won two French Opens. He's won six at Wimbledon. And he's won three at the U.S. Open. So yeah, Nadal's very good. You might put him number three in the top three, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, we've seen a golden age of tennis on the male side with the the dominance of Roger Federer and Nadal and Djokovic, and I don't know if we'll ever get that again. And yeah, I mean, there's and, and Djokovic is thirty five, yep. Nadal's thirty six, and Federer he is forty, and he's 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 done. Yeah. And I remember, I remember as a kid, like early 2000s, it was Andre Agassi and Pete Sampras yes. at the U.S. Open. Yep. They're like, oh man, they were so old, and they were like 30 and 31 years old. All these fuckers on their last legs. Mm-hmm. And these guys are five, six years past that still. Yeah. Still winning movers. So that's the difference. Uh, also, apparently Nadal had a bad foot in this thing. Mm-hmm. And said he would have, he would have, any other tournament he would have left and said I can't play anymore um, so he got an injection in his foot to numb the pain and that just got me to think you know people hate drug users and PED users and, but they I mean obviously this, this, this doesn't make any news at all but what is the difference between this and any other thing that anybody else has done this is an accepted form of performance enhancing where it's okay to do it as long as you're hurt you can take a pill or a shot as long as you're hurt to get you close to 100%, that's okay. But if you are healthy and try to do something that is seen as illegal or against the rules. So it's just one of those things where he maybe doesn't win this if he doesn't get this shot. And right. People fight but, and that's a great point uh, by your point. It's kind of like a double standard. And, um, yeah, certainly. If you need a shot to play, you probably shouldn't be playing. No, pro- probably not. Probably not. No. And then on the women's side, you have Igo Swiatek uh, from Poland, and she is the she is the most dominant force in in tennis right now. She's won thirty five straight matches. Uh, it's the I think it ties the longest streak since Venus Williams back in two thousand. You would have thought maybe it would have been Serena Williams, but no, it's Venus. And I mean, I feel like. And I'm guilty. I mean, I'm not a, an avid tennis fan, but I pay attention somewhat to these um, to these Grand Slam events. And it just for the last few years now, it's always been about Naomi Osaka, Naomi Osaka, blah blah blah. And you know, she's been dealing with her own mental health and and stuff, and she's willingly kind of backed out of some tournaments and whatnot. But she has kind of become the face of tennis on the women's side. And I think that mantle or that that uh, the torch needs to be passed to Swiatek. I mean, because you're winning 35 consecutive uh, matches. Uh, matches. I mean, it's it's incredible what she is doing. And I think you know if, if there is a true star now on the women's side, it's got to be her. I mean, this is the stuff as, as I said of historic proportions that she's doing. I've never heard of her until last weekend. Oh, okay. 
I mean, yeah. And I guess, yeah, she's the number one player in the world. I never heard of her. Like, who is this? Oh, she's number one? Oh, okay. So, yeah, well, she's won a couple majors, a couple grand slams. For her, her, like, stars, you know, Naomi Osaka, like Coco Goff, I mean, you know, if she, if she can, you know. Sloan Stevens. Do this. She can be a star. She's 18 years old. That's impressive. Uh, Sloan Stevens is now, what, 29, so she's about done, I would think. It's Probably. Yep. Her career, and she, well, she won the 2017 U.S. Open. So, you know, she's probably, yeah, she wasn't even ranked in this one. So her her time is probably come and gone. But, uh, yeah, Coco Golf, I guess, would be the next one. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at American, very young. Uh, you'll see what she can do. So, yeah, as far as anybody else, you know, there's nobody else for me that I would care about, let alone know how to pronounce their name. Right. <laughs> Care about, so. I just, I just think if I'm, if I'm tennis and I'm specifically on the women's side, given all, like, given how dominant she's been, and you know, given how she's not Serena Williams, and I'm not trying to say that she is, but try and market this and pump up all these tournaments that she takes a part in until that streak comes to an end, because you know, for like I said, we've been talking about. Osaka for for the last few years now and I feel like that's more because of the, the situation that happened at the US Open when she won and she beat Serena Williams and fans were booing her and that wasn't good and then the whole mental health uh sort of deal like that that kind of took on a life of its own and made it it helped bring about more notoriety and stardom to Osaka than maybe what she wanted or was intending but she had a she had a dominant career ahead of her, and now with Swiatek, you know, kind of taking the mantle here. If I'm women's tennis right now, I know Osaka's big, but let's make this young lady now uh, the star. Let's market her uh, her up a little bit more to really get her name out there and make her one of the the faces of tennis and one of the people that you want to see play a match, especially with uh, the current. Uh, hot streak that she's on. It kind of goes to, with, with the golf thing. Of she's great, but I don't think she's a star. Like she just, you know, there's nothing that about her besides her play that sticks out. That's a fair point. Absolutely, fair she, point. She's John Rahm. Like, all right, John Rahm, great golf. Nobody cares about. Like he's he's she's that. So unless something happens, unless she goes on. Unbelievable streak here and wins like ten of these. You know, that then maybe she'll get to that level. Do you think though that? Tennis, like golf, I feel like has so many great players that it's tough for them to, to break through, whereas maybe tennis doesn't. And so it's maybe sometimes a little more difficult to market, you know, how good some of these stars truly are on the golf side of it because they're like, oh, you've won one of these here, one of these now. Why would, wouldn't it be smart of tennis to take advantage of the current streak that Sweatik's on and, um, and, and really play to that strength and get her popularity to increase even more? And the problem with golf is that you had Tiger Woods come along and do what he did. True. And, I, you know, when you have somebody like that or somebody like Michael Jordan come around and then the next person, like a LeBron James, is still excellent, but he's not that. And who, who, I don't, who would you say is the best golfer since Tiger Woods was in his prime 15 years ago now? I don't know who... You know, you look at Roy McIlroy and Jordan Spieth, those are always the two names I think of. Yep. 
and they have not, and they have disappointed. They have not. They haven't won majors. Like you have to win majors here. It's been a long time since either one has won. Mm-hmm. So those guys were consistently competing or winning like a major fuck every once every two years. Yep. Like how long it's been? What, what five, six years since either of them has won? So mm-hmm. in golf, it's all about winning majors. And if you don't do that, I mean, just you just look at the. You just look at the guys who have won these fucking tournaments. Mm-hmm. Like, who the hell are you? It's like, let's see. Yeah, it's like uh, Hideki Matsuyama. Didn't he, he won it uh, last year at Augusta? You've had, you know, Colin Morikawa win the British o- uh, win the Open Championship last year. Like Gary Woodland won the 2019 U.S. Open. Gary Woodland, Shane Lowry, you know, Brooks Koepka went on a great run there for about two years. Mm-hmm. Patrick Wheat, uh, Reed, Sergio Garcia finally won a major. Francisco Molinari. It's like, all right, all these guys, like, I don't care about them. Justin Thomas is one of them. Some of these are more like the one-hit wonders, like the, the Francisco Molinari's and the, and the Patrick Reed's. So, you know, we'll see. And then with that, I guess the transition from that, you've got this new... How do you call it? What do you say that this is called? Live? 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 I, 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 was, I was going with live. I was going with LIV. I'm just going LIV. So there's LIV with it from Saudi Arabia, and Dustin Johnson's going to be on this thing, and Phil Mickelson, and what, Ricky Fowler signed up. Kevin Na. Kevin Na, he's on this thing. Uh, what Phil Mickelson's getting, I think, $200 million I saw, and Dustin Johnson's getting $125 million. Apparently they offer Tiger Woods $500 million, Need and he climb. said no. That is one hell of a goddamn decision to make, to say, you know what? You're going to give me $500 million. I'm going to say no to that. I think we talked a couple of weeks ago about Jack Nicholas. They are going to give him like $100 million to be the face of this thing. Mm-hmm. Greg Norman is, and he said no. Yep. So they got a couple names. This thing isn't on TV. They're playing, what, in London next week? Uh, yes, yep. So there's what, eight, eight, eight tournaments, ten tournaments, whatever they're going to do here. And... We'll see what happens with this and what happens with these players if they sign these deals and they come back to the PGA. We'll see if the PGA side it says and does because Dustin Johnson, no fairly big name. Mm-hmm. Um, Phil Mickelson, yeah, we'll see what what these guys do if they ever come back to the PGA too. I would assume I, at some point they'll let them, but you know they say, oh, if you go there, you're done. Yeah, it's like all right. They are drawing a hard line in the sand, and I don't necessarily blame them. Um, I mean, they're going around, you know, fuck, I don't know how much Ricky Fowler's getting, but Jesus Christ, like, you know, Dustin Johnson's, he's up there, but $125 million for, I don't know, a year, or I don't know what their, uh, what this contract is for, plus, in yeah. the actual tournament, the money you win for winning these tournaments or just competing in them is millions of dollars. So obviously, Phil Mickelson uh, very much needs money. So he'll do this, but yeah, they've got lots of money to spend on this on this golf tournament, which which isn't on TV. It's on Facebook and YouTube. So good luck with that. I just uh, it it just feels this whole thing is it feels dirty, you know, with all the the human rights issues in Saudi Arabia and and it just if I, I honestly that maybe this isn't the the good term for it, but it kind of feels like blood money, doesn't it? Like it's just it it, it it's I mentioned dirty. I mentioned months ago. I mentioned this months ago that WWE over the last few years, last three, four, five years have run regular events, a couple each year, yep. over in Saudi Arabia, and they've taken in both hundreds of millions of 
dollars at this point, if not a billion. And nobody really says anything because it's wrestling. Well, now here's something with golf, and it's a much bigger story with golf, which is, you know, the 10th biggest sport in the country, I guess, 8th biggest sport, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, and it's getting a lot of attention uh, for, what, for what they're doing. So, and a lot of people, I mean, fuck, turn down a half billion dollars. You know, that's what people are doing. Yeah. It's it's fascinating. And Kevin, uh, here's a dad joke for you. Kevin went na na hey 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 goodbye to the PGA Tour. There you go. There you go. You'll be a guy. Because he resigned from the PGA Tour. So I mean, some of these guys I don't think have been have resigned. Kevin Na resigned from the tour. So I don't think we're ever seeing him again. And good riddance, I guess. Like who's Kevin well, Na? The guy that I heard of, but wasn't you know anybody to be worried about. Yeah, I'm not turning the dial. I'm not turning the channel to watch Kevin Na win the Wanamaker Trophy. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to make a ton more money over there than he ever would for the rest of his career. So that's a good move for him. And maybe more people at that middle level will do that. Yep. And Ricky Fowler, I mean, he's never ever won a major here. I mean, he was one of those guys that could never break through. So maybe the pressure, you know, the pressure got too much for him and he just said, screw it, I'm going to... Go where I can make my, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. It's yeah, more uh, financially. Yeah, it's it's odd. It's very odd. Uh, anything else we need to get to before we say so long for the week? Aaron Donald got a new contract. Yes, two years, sixty million. So he'll get sixty-five million guaranteed for the next two years. We'll figure that deal out. He's the best defensive player in the NFL. I think that that. Yeah, they would say that. A couple more with Deshaun Watson. Well, he's out. I got 24 women. Yep. So that means... You got to the Jack Bauer mark. Yeah. 24. There you go. <laughs> uh, the softball. We're down to the Final Four with the, the college softball. And they're getting to the uh, Super Regionals this week with baseball. There, I don't pay attention to this, but there is... The, the, the Stillwater Regional here, Oklahoma State, hosting. Have you seen these baseball scores? I have. I have. What, they beat Missouri State 29-15 and then beat Arkansas 14-10? to That was yesterday. Do you know what happened? Do you know what the score was in that Missouri State game in the third inning? Uh, no. What was it? Guess. Uh, 21-7. to Missouri State was ahead 12-0. What?! They get outscored the rest of the way 29 to 3 over the next three uh, six innings. Oh my gosh. So if you're Missouri State, you're looking all right. We're going to knock off Oklahoma State, the host here. We're moving on to the to the, the finals here in this regional. But no, they couldn't hang on to a 12 nothing lead. Oh my heavens. So I may actually watch this. This is what, 6 o'clock tonight. This is coming up on ESPN 2 between Arkansas and Oklahoma State. Yes. Yep. We played the last two days. There's been, I think, 54 or 56 runs in these two games. Arkansas won the first one 20 to 12 on Saturday. Oh, my God. And then you know, after that Missouri State game, which took five hours, they had to play again, and they beat Arkansas 14 to 10. Oof. So I, I just may tune into that to see what the hell happens because. Odds are they may score a few runs in that in that game. Look at some of these scores though throughout here. So let, let's go back to Friday. 
here. Is there anything? Uh, Campbell beats Georgia Tech 15. Oklahoma beats Liberty 16-3. East Carolina over Coppin State 17-1. North Carolina over Hofstra 15-4. Stanford over Binghamton 20-7. Uh, LSU beats Kennesaw State 14-11. Auburn over Southeast Louisiana 19-7. Maryland beats Long Island 23-2. Georgia on Saturday wins 24-1. Uh, uh, we have a 24-4 score, Virginia Tech against Columbia. Like, what What are we doing here? Like, is this – this is worse than March Madness. Yeah, a lot, a lot of balls, a lot of teams that shouldn't be in there. Like, it's great you get oh, – the Vanderbilt beat New Mexico State 21-1. Like, is, at, at what point here – and again, nothing, t- nothing touches March Madness. And I get you want a representative from every conference. But um, can, can we figure something out here? Like – it requires far more, uh, a far bigger roster for baseball than it does basketball. Um, we got to figure something out here. This is bad. Yeah, I mean, you got the aluminum bats, and there's going to be a lot of, a lot of runs scored. A lot of dingers. So, a lot of dings. So, yeah, Marcus, Marcus is going down there to the College World Series. It's been a day or two down there. So, well, there's a spot that has a lot of good hats, so we'll see if you can get a hold of me with these hats. Ooh. What? Oh, just for a college World Series hat or a, a particular college? Does it depend oh, on the college? They got all types of colleges. All types of colleges. For reasonable prices, I believe. So he's going down there. We'll see. We'll see what becomes of that. So you mentioned the, the softball uh, World Series, and it's being played in Oklahoma City. And Oklahoma is the dominant team in women's college softball. Yeah. And people have asked if this it provides an unfair advantage for them to be playing so close to home home like does it provide an unfair advantage recruiting wise to get all these good players and my thought was no it doesn't they've built the program up it's not like they've won world series after world series here you know it's not like they're the yukon women of softball unless unless i'm mistaken and they've won you know like 10 titles or whatever in the last 20 years or so and maybe they have and i just haven't paid attention but I look at it from the standpoint of Creighton and Omaha aren't in the College World Series all the time on the men's side of it in, in you know, for the College World Series in, in baseball in Omaha. Like, it's not a, been an advantage for Creighton yet getting there. So, to all these people who are complaining about Oklahoma, it's like, okay, get, recruit better, coach better. You know, get better, get better players and stuff. Oklahoma has built their program to where... They are a tremendous draw for the best athletes, and just because they get to play so close to home, I mean, for crying out loud, maybe Oklahoma State should be as good as Oklahoma. I mean, and Oklahoma State's pretty good, but then what about Tulsa and Oral Roberts? It's just this is it's it's just an opportunity for people to complain, and it's ridiculous. Well, gotta be good to begin with, and they beat UCLA today fifteen nothing in a semifinal. So UCLA is done. But that was, that was after they lost game one. I mean, so that was a deciding game. It's not like they've cruised through, you know, without losing ever. So they'll play either Oklahoma State or Texas in the championship game. But yeah, 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 a bunch of schools down there that are close to Oklahoma City. But it's just, you know, UCLA won it a couple of years ago. Uh, Oklahoma won it last year. They also won it in 17 and 16. Florida won it back-to-back years in 15 and 14. And and Oklahoma's won, won quite a bit here. They won it four times last ten years. So, Oklahoma City, a lot of people show up for it. So, you know, 
Yeah, I have no problem with it being there. And until other places have as good a facility, apparently this softball complex in Oklahoma City is among the best in the country. So until the reason why you hold it there because people show up and it's pretty good. So yeah, until some other until some other city has as good a, a softball complex and stadium as Oklahoma City does, then stop complaining. Yeah, it. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it, it, I just I don't like the complaining just for the sake of complaining. Obviously, Oklahoma's built a, a, a tremendous roster, a tremendous program, and the fact that they get to play so close, you know what? Maybe other universities should try and emulate that as well. If it's just it's ridiculous. Benefit, benefit for them. Yes, no doubt about it. Anything else? Should be good. Should be good. All right. Well, next week we'll have the Big Wedding Week podcast, so look forward to that. We'll talk more about the wedding there as we approach, uh, you know, what, 12 days away as we're recording this podcast. So looking forward to that. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, We'll see if the temperatures change at all. But uh, you have a good rest of your week. Rest up, and we'll talk to you next week, my friend. All right, we'll see you later. Travis Krenz joining me here, Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time as always. Great stuff there. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's edition, I believe. Uh, you can find us available on podcast.com. Follow, uh, find us on iTunes as well. Search Sports Block Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken, Travis Krins on Twitter at Travis Krins. A link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Covered a lot of stuff. Covered a lot of heavy stuff with, uh, of course, the, with the shooting in, in Uvalde and stuff, and hopefully change comes about with that. Uh, talked weather. We talked NBA Finals, Stanley Cup playoffs, MLB, and oh, so much more. So for all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast, for Travis, I'm Nathan. Thanks so much for listening to this week's edition. Big show next week as we talk uh, with Travis the final time uh, before he becomes a married man. So again, for all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast, I may have some tidbits for him if he wants it. Maybe I'll have a couple stories. Maybe Kelsey will join me for a you know to talk i don't know we'll see what happens but that does uh, bring me to something um this uh, next week's podcast will be the last podcast for a while we will take an extended break uh, of course travis has the wedding and then uh the honeymoon and everything uh i am having another baby i'm not my wife kelsey is uh so we will be taking an extended break through the summer through the month of july We'll try and start things up again in August as college football and the NFL season rolls around. But next week is likely the last the last podcast for the for a while this summer. So definitely a reason to uh, stay tuned and stick around for that uh, to listen to next week. So next week we'll we'll talk sports, of course, but we'll it'll be a lot lighthearted conversation, talk about wedding and, and whatnot. But last podcast for a while next week as we both have some life events and stuff that we need to uh, obviously be a part of. So, again, for all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast, for Travis, I'm Nathan. Thanks so much for listening. Join us next week for the, the finale for a little bit as we talk wedding stuff and so much more here on the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week, everyone.